Good, e uh, good evening. Wow. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Everybody doing okay this morning? So glad to have you here. Let's give the Lord a hand and clap of praise for bringing us out into the house of the Lord today. So grateful for everybody that's here um, and everybody watching online. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, uh, if you wouldn't mind, share this video now so that as many people as possible can see and, and uh, can, can experience the worship service with us and share in uh, the word of God with us. Um, so I want to start off this morning by uh, uh, just um, seeking the Lord and his strength through prayer. Shall we? God, we, we love you, Lord, and, and, and we ask, Lord, that you would help us and invigorate us here this morning, God, that you would invigorate us through the word of God to share with us, Lord, the truth of God. Lord, help us with the truth. Help us to hear and, and, and to, to see uh, what you declare um, through your word as true about you, Lord, and then also about our lives and the way that we live in response to uh, what you've said and who you are and how good you are and how much you love us. God, I pray that we would be led forth from here after today in love, Lord, in peace, with hope and joy that surpasses all understanding, God. That you would help us, Lord, um, to, to be unified with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit. God, help us. We need your help, Lord. And we worship you this morning, God. We give you all praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's enjoy the worship this morning. Good morning. Stand with us this morning in worship, please. One day we'll be free, free indeed. 
This morning from the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, 14 through 16. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need.
Church, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7 today, so if you would, go ahead and grab your Bibles and open them up.
Uh, by the way, church, we are celebrating Lord's Supper today. It's the last Sunday of the month when we celebrate Lord's Supper. And so um, if you haven't gotten your, um, your little communion pack, um, they will go around passing some out right at the end of service as well. So uh, when we're about to take Lord's Supper, so don't fret, you will get one. Matthew chapter 7. title of today's uh, message is uh, A House on the Rock, and I, w- I want us to be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Oh, you know what? Uh, y'all, if you didn't get a communion pack, why don't you raise your hand, and, and, and Glenn's got some, and he'll, he'll go around passing them out to you if you didn't get one. All right. Hearers of the word, not uh, just, or I'm sorry, uh, hearers and doers of the word. That's what we want to be. We want to be people who hear, and then people who act on what we've heard, namely acting on um, the message we've heard about Jesus Christ, uh, the message of the gospel. So let's pray. Let's ask God for some help this morning. God, will you please, Lord, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Any anxious thoughts or, or feelings that I have, God, I pray that you would take those away, Lord, and cast them into the outer darkness, God. I pray I would be, Lord, invigorated by your Holy Spirit to preach what what you want me to preach, Lord. Help me to say what you want me to say, God, the way you want me to say it. Help me with clarity, Lord. Help us all with understanding of your word and the text of the scripture. God, bind us together here, Lord. Help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. <clears throat> when you're there, say amen. All right. We're there. Anyone then, everyone then, I'm sorry, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and it beat on that house, but it did not fall because it has been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell. And great was the fall of it. Is it important, just after reading this text, that we build our house on the rock? Amen. Is it important, according to this text, that we hear these words of Christ and do them? Absolutely. Those who hear these words and do them will be like those who built their house on the rock. Hearing's a big deal with Jesus. Many of us want to go through this life talking, talking, talking our way through it. But one of the greatest understanding or one of the greatest moments or points of understanding that we could have in this life is when we learn to listen. And when we understand that listening, listening is so important. It's so important in our relationships, isn't it? Have you ever been in a relationship with someone or um, not, not necessarily romantically or had a relationship with somebody? Maybe it's a brother or sister or cousin or a friend or a coworker. All they did was like to talk. All they did was like to talk. After getting to know them, you, you, you know that, that once you talk to them, it's not really going to be you talking to them. It's going to be you talking at, you talked at by them, right? This is, this is, this, this is the story for, for a lot of people. Um, I, I enter into conversations with some people who, you know, um, they, they, they just want to talk over. You know, once you try to say a little something, they get a little louder just to make sure that they can continue to talk. You know what I'm saying? A little louder, a little louder. We need to learn how to listen. We need to learn how to listen in this life. Uh, We always want to try and solve the problem. Instead of listening to what's being said, I've actually been in prayer meetings and small group meetings, pastor meetings, uh, where people aren't listening to what's being said. Instead, they're just trying to figure out what they're going to say. They're not listening. They're just waiting for their turn to talk. This is not what we want to find ourselves doing because then we we, we don't listen. We We don't catch what somebody's trying to share with us, what somebody's trying to convey to us. We need to learn how to listen, learn how to listen 
We often dismiss our brothers and sisters because we're so self-absorbed and self-involved. But hearing is a big deal with Jesus. In fact, it's such a big deal to be able to hear well that the message of Jesus, uh, or to, to, it's, it's so important, it's, it's a big deal to hear well the message of Jesus, that the apostles, they make reference to, to this as well, to, to hearing and how important it is. Let's listen to Galatians 3. This should be familiar for you. We, we read this last week. Galatians 3, 1 through 6. This is a little tie-in uh, to last week. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. So here we read how important hearing is to the Apostle Paul. He even draws back to Abraham and that whole teaching we went over last week. Um, And we're going to hear a little bit more from Paul here in a little bit in the letter to the Romans. But it's so significant to hear this message, in fact, that he says that they received the Spirit not by works of the law, but by hearing with faith. It's important that we hear and that we hear with faith. Now, their hearts have uh, received the Lord by hearing with faith. This is what he's saying. And our hearts have received the Spirit of the Lord by hearing with faith. And so faith has ears, and those ears reside in our hearts. It's important that we listen and that we hear God, that we hear him with our heart, that we are listening intently from the depths of who we are so that we can understand what he's saying to us and then respond to him. Our hearts told us that the message that we heard was true. How? Because those hearts had been invigorated by faith. There was faith placed there by God. It was gifted to us. We took a step when we heard, we took a leap, we took a chance when we heard, and we relied, because of what we heard, on what our hearts had been opened up to in Jesus as the Father called us, as he draws us. And it's important to point out that this step that we take in faith isn't one based solely on an emotion that we feel at the time Although it can be accompanied by emotion, it's not just the result of an, emoti- or a, an emotion. It's not just a feeling. It's based not on feelings. Instead, it's based on and in the heart of God to enable us to believe and to signal to us that what we hear is true. God has to enable us to believe and has to signal to us in our hearts that what we're hearing from him is true. Because some people... They hear the message of the gospel and they don't believe. Why? Because it has not been given to them by God to hear with faith. In their disobedience, they've put the blinders on. They've deafened their ears, stopped them up. And it is truly a work of God that we hear with faith. There is an enlightenment from God that's taking place in the believer upon hearing the message of the gospel. We are being regenerated by the Spirit of the Lord who enables us to believe and to answer the call of the Father. God has to do this work. It is not a work of your own that enables you to listen and hear the truth. It is a work of God and only God that can able, enable us to hear the message and believe that it's true when we hear it. Faith is believing something that uh, faith is believing that something's true without having seen it right in front of our eyes. Faith isn't blind, though, because we believe a message that was uh, given to us based on the eyewitness accounts of other people. Amen? We do not believe blindly in, in, in the Christian faith. In the Christian faith, we have what is called a reasoned faith. It is a faith that is reasoned, and it's reasoned upon the evidence of the Scripture and the evidence of the eyewitness accounts and the evidence also of all the apostles and everyone who's gone before us. And then we believe, we believe this message about Christ and we receive the Spirit once we believe by hearing with faith. So the scripture says that Abraham believed God. How? How did Abraham believe God? 
The scripture tells us by hearing with faith. Let's read this in Genesis chapter 22. Um, we'll go way back to when God tested Abraham. Now I was just going to, you know, reference back to this and not read it, but I think it's important to read it. Genesis 22 and verse 1. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. Now just right here at the outset, this is a hard thing, isn't it? This is a hard thing that not only that God's saying, but that Abraham's having to hear, but he's, he, he's listening to it and he's hearing God. But there's something, there's something in Abraham that enables him to hear God in a different way than maybe the world would. To hear God and to listen to Him in a different way than even we would at first glance. There is a deep understanding that Abraham has about God that enables him to take God at His word and follow Him no matter what. So Abraham rose early in the morning, verse 3, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on, his, on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. Even after what God had told him, what the offering would be, Abraham still believes something different. And I can see that, and I can read that in here, because I know the end of the story, that Abraham sees something different in here than what maybe our flesh would point to right off the bat. Because there's an understanding that Abraham has about God and who he is. He's going to follow him no matter what, and, 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 and his heart resides in the heart of God so that Abraham knows that God will provide a lamb that he will provide a sacrifice. In verse 9, when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order, to, in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. I cannot imagine what was going through their minds. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord, now remember when the Bible says the angel of the Lord, not an angel, but when it says the angel of the Lord, this is a, a theophany or a Christophany, it's an Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ. This is Jesus Christ, the angel of the Lord. It says, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am, he said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. 
You see, Abraham had heard, he heard the message that God gave him, didn't he? He heard it. He heard it not only in his flesh with his ears, but he heard it in his spirit deep down in the depths of who he was. In his soul, he heard the message of God and he obeyed the message of God. And he did not even withhold his, his only son to God, this same son that he pined away for for years and years and years, complaining to God, God, you've told me, you promised me that I'm going to be the father of many nations, that my descendants would outnumber the stars or the sand on the, on, 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 on the seashore. But, but Lord, I have no heir. And then God finally gives him this heir, and now this same heir is the one that God instructs him to go and take, build an altar, take your son and place him there and offer him up as a sacrifice to me. This very same one, but Abraham did not withhold anything from him because Abraham did not idolize his child. And this is a message to us about our relationships with our own families, that we should not idolize any relationship that we should always give everything over to God in our hearts. Because on the mount of the Lord, as the scripture says, it shall be provided. It's interesting as well that he takes his son Isaac, and, and, and Isaac is perhaps carrying the material for the altar that he would be sacrificed on. So can you hear the similarities between that sacrifice what led up to it maybe, and the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, that he would carry the instrument of his own suffering up the hill, wouldn't he? He would carry the cross beam. He would carry the wood that he would be sacrificed upon. So Abraham is given this instruction by God, the Father, and he goes through with it even to the point of taking out his knife, and then God intervenes. Because there would only ever be one son sacrificed for sin. And that son would be Jesus Christ, God the Son himself. To pay the payment for all the sin of everyone who would ever place their faith in Jesus Christ. There would only ever be one son sacrificed. It would not be Isaac. It would be God the Son. And how do we know this? Well, because we've heard it, haven't we? We know this because we've heard it by faith. We know because we heard and because we believed. And in believing, we went from just hearing it to acting on that word, acting on the message of God. We acted on it after believing through our actions and with our life as we live for the glory of God. We are hearers of the word in this Christian life. With faith, we are hearers of the word, and having received the Spirit as a result of that faith, we are doers of the word as we follow him. Listen to this in Romans 10, starting in verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. I want to say that one again. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have, have they not heard? Indeed they have, for their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. It is incredibly important to hear. Again, it is incredibly important to hear and to hear with faith. Jesus tells us, and Paul knows it, and we should know it as well. We need those who would go out and put into action those things that Jesus told them to do, those things that Jesus commands all of us to do, to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. John, in fact, in John chapter 20, and verse 30 and 31 tells us this. 
Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. It's incredibly important for us to hear, and it is incredibly important for us to act on what we hear. John acted on what he heard. How did he do it? He wrote these verses that we read in the gospel according to John, that we also read in his epistles, that we also read in the book of Revelation that he wrote. This man was not just a hearer of the word, but also a doer of the word who acted on what he heard from God. Let me ask you today, Christian, will you act on what God has said? Will you be merely a hearer of the word or will you also, will you take up the mantle of Jesus Christ and be a doer of the word? You see, John's putting into action the work of God that's been worked into him through the spirit of God. Hearers of the word should be doers of the word. Hearing's important as hearing with faith allows us to receive the Spirit. Why? Because we have believed in Jesus. That's what Paul implied as he tells us that we've heard with faith. Heard with, with, with what faith? And heard what with faith? Well, we've heard the gospel with faith. We've heard the message that Christ preaches with faith. The message that the apostles preach with faith. The message that the scripture gives to us. We've heard that. We've read it with faith. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is the call of the Father. So that we would be able to hear what he said and respond to him. Because when the shepherd calls, the sheep know his voice. And we come to him. And here's the call of the Father from John 6, 44. No one can come to me. This is Jesus talking. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. Now, after just reading that little snippet there, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Do you think that there's a possibility in this world, in this life, that we would come to Christ other than through the Father drawing us to Christ. It's impossible. The scripture teaches that over and over again that we, we are stricken with human depravity, that we are depraved, that we cannot possibly choose Christ of our own volition. It takes the work of God himself first to draw us so that we would hear his voice and those that hear with faith would believe and respond to him in faith. It's the work of God and God alone. All the work of salvation is the work of God. All of it. Now we've learned that belief should be followed up by action through faith. Let's listen a little to what James tells us about hearing. James 1, 19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, how many of y'all need that one this morning? Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. We need that, don't we? We need that truth in our world today, don't we? And, 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 and let's just, okay, let's just turn off the outside world. And just think about our family. Don't we need that message in our family? Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word Meekness, humility, when you know that Christ is high, lifted up, and you are not, that's meekness. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So those who only hear and don't do or don't follow up what they hear with action through faith, 
have deceived themselves. They are deceived into thinking that they're doing what's right or that they even that they believe, but they have not really believed if they have not followed up that belief with action, with living for Christ, with repentance. But doers be, but be, in verse 22 again, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and then at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Y'all, when we only see ourselves, when we're self-involved and self-absorbed, self-interested, when we only see ourselves, we're deceived. But when we look into the face of God, then we see ourselves rightly, that we need his help. Remember that all the prophets who ever have an experience with God where they have a vision of God or see God, what do they do? We've talked about this. What, what happens to them immediately? They fall on their faces. They declare with their lips and with their hearts how unworthy they are. Why? Because they've seen God face to face. And in the presence of God, seeing Him face to face, we are immediately aware of our own sinfulness and imperfection before Him. Don't just look in the mirror and see your natural face. Go away, forget what it looks like. Look into God's face. Look into the law of liberty and persevere. So yes, let us hear the message, but through belief, let us act on it as well. This is how we determine if our faith is indeed true faith. Someone can think that they believe, but their belief can also be in vain if they aren't really changed. Listen, true faith is is more than just saying some words. It's more than just saying that, like somebody's just saying that they believe in Jesus, like at a summer camp or something, and then all of a sudden nothing changes. You know what I'm saying? They go away from the camp. What happens? They're looking at their face in the mirror, and they're only seeing their natural reflection. They're not looking into the, and, and, and seeing God looking at, back at them and they being changed by it. They will be like those in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, those that are deceived. Remember, don't be only hearers, but doers of the word, because if we are only hearers, then we deceive ourselves. We read that, right? Listen to this, Matthew 7, 21. These are the deceived. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty Many mighty works in your name, and then, I w- and then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. This is important to point out because, listen, this person, these self-righteous, they say, look at what we did, God. You see that there? Lord, this is what we did, but didn't you see what we did? We did all this. This is what we did. Salvation is not about what we do, church. Salvation is about what Christ did. Amen? He's not saying, but Christ, your work, your, your everything that you've done, what you've said, what you've promised, it's, it's not a, a pointing back to Christ. It's a pointing to himself. It is self-righteous people pointing to themselves and the work that they've done. And then he declares to them. He doesn't say, I, I once knew you, but uh, you messed up and you walked away, so I let, I'll let you go. He says, I never knew you. Never. They were never known. They did not lose salvation. They never had salvation. This is true belief. And then the desire to carry out the work of the Father through faith. That's what we're talking about. James 2 and 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? This is why Christian charity is so important, isn't it? This is why meeting needs, real, physical, tangible needs of people is important. 
Because somebody tells you, I need some food, and you say, eh, you know what, I'll pray for you. I'll pray that your, your stomach is filled. What? You go and get them food, don't you? You get them food. You make sure that their stomach is actually filled. Because you say, this tangible thing that I've given you, this is given by the love of God who has instructed me to do this for you. He's invigorated me. He's filled my heart. And, over, and I'm overflowing to the point where I want you to have what you need. This is Christian charity. Let me read verse 16 again. And one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body. What good is that? So also... Faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith from your works. And I will show you my faith. I'm sorry, show me your faith apart from your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. This is evidence, church. It's evidence that that message that we heard, that we heard it with faith. When we act on it when there are works that accompany that faith, that we work out of the faith that's been worked into us, you know that faith is worked into you by God. That is worked into you. That's still a work of God. Even the gift of faith to believe in Christ is a work of God himself. And then after we have that faith worked into us, then we work out that faith. And that is what accompanies this hearing with faith. We hear and then we believe and then we receive the Spirit and then we follow that up with the fruitful life filled with God-exalting works that are not a means of salvation, they are proof of salvation. Again, Matthew 7, going back to our text of 24 and 27, or 24 through 27, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. We should be hearers of the word and doers of the word. Why? Why is it so important to have good God-exalting works in our lives? Well, let's listen to John and what he tells us in John 14, 10 through 13. He says, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else, listen to this church, believe on the account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. So if we don't believe, then there there, will be no works. But if we do, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. That good work, that good kingdom work that Jesus did while on this earth, guess what? That's our work. That's work that we can roll into. That's work that we can take up residence in. That's an opportunity to serve God in the kingdom. Now that he's gone to the Father, that's our work. Now God still does the work, still does everything that's needed for salvation. But Christian charity, leading people to Christ, sharing the message, having those beautiful feet that preach the good news, this is all part of the good God-exalting work. Listen to Jesus as he tells Thomas that even if Thomas can't accept the words in this text we just read in John, even if Thomas can't accept the words that Jesus speaks are from the Father, then the works he does should show him that Jesus and the Father are one. Nobody will exalt God without God giving them that ability and that instruction first that they then hear and carry out. Jesus had a goal as part of his ministry to show the disciples that he and his Father are one. That he and his Father are one. So he preaches the message to them over and over and over and over again in all sorts of different ways. The Sermon on the Mount is a perfect example of that. 
But Thomas still doesn't quite get it like many of us for a long time. We just don't quite get it. Maybe some of the things that we hear we don't quite understand because we're still wrapped up in the flesh. And then Jesus says, but even if the, these words are confusing to you, at least believe because of the works, Jesus says. He points to his works. It's not just talk. He's telling us, hey, it's not talk. It's not just talk. Look at what I'm doing to back up that talk to show you that I and the Father are one. It's not just talk, y'all. Not just with Jesus. Or not with Jesus. It's not just talk. He's not a talk a big game and don't deliver type of dude. That's not Jesus. A lot of people in this world talk a big game, don't deliver. I've been that person in my life. That's not how Jesus is. He's God. He's Jesus. He's different. And the proof is in the works themselves because nobody can do this type of work apart from the Father. And this is what Jesus is communicating, that he and the Father are one. So why are works important for you and for me? Because even if people won't respond to the message that we've given to their ears, they will be convinced by the works of our lives. Live your life for Christ, Christian. Honor Christ with your life. Jesus lays, out, lays it out plainly for us here. The message of the gospel is primarily a spoken message. We know that, right? We know that the, the message of the gospel primarily is a spoken message. That they're the, the, the words about Christ. Now this spoken message... It's about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the proof that we belong to him and that our lives have been changed. Where does that come from? In words that we speak? No, the proof, the proof is in the works. That's where the proof is. The proof that we belong to him is in our love. This is the greatest work of the Christian, love. Do you know that? That the greatest work that you will ever do in this life is love. Because love is work. Love is a choice, it's a commitment, it's a day-in, day-out decision that no matter what, I won't leave because I love you. This is the work of God in Jesus Christ. This is the greatest work, the love of God. This is proof of the life. The message is in the words and the proof that the message is true is in the life. And because Jesus lives and has life and has given you this life, you too will live and be able to do the works that he has done. He says that, it's clear. And the Bible says even greater works. John 14 and 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you Yet a little while in the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Whoever has his commandments and keeps them is the one who loves Jesus. This is the one who's built their house on the rock. This is the one who has heard the word and believed that it was in fact the word from the Father given to the Son, made clear by the Holy Spirit. This word causes you to live your life differently than any sort of typical life that anyone in the world would live. Your life is lived to honor and glorify God the Father, to honor and glorify God the Father, to honor and glorify God the Son, to honor and glorify by the power of the Holy Spirit whom you've received by hearing with faith. Now we will have our houses built on the rock that will stand the test of time and the storm. 
if we hear with faith. If we are hearers, not, I mean, not only hearers, but also doers, we will have this house built on the rock. We will still stand. If we have our house on the rock, we will be steadfast. We will have a right foundation. If we build our house on the rock, we are in Christ. Because He is that rock. He is the rock of our salvation. He is the cornerstone. He's the one who holds it all together. The keystone. He is Christ. He is God. And He is the only one who can save. The only one who will ever save. The only one who has ever saved. And He's the only one that's ever coming back for you. But praise be to God. And glory be to His name. That Jesus Christ has accepted all those in that He's been given by the Father. And that if you've come to Christ, Christ has taken you in because of the call of the Father, because the Father has drawn you. And then that Holy Spirit that you receive upon believing in Jesus Christ will bring to remembrance all the things that Jesus commanded. He will guide you and lead you into everything that's true so that you won't have your blinders on in life, so that you won't be in the darkness of the world with a veil on, so that you would see the lies clearly with your eyes because the light of Christ shines forth from you. This is the truth of God that He gives to us in the Scripture. Not only to be hearers, but doers of the Word, that we would have our house built on Him, on the rock, that no storm will ever take us away because of that building. We will stand the test of the world who wants to pull us away from each other if we have our house built on the rock. We will stand and honor God with our lives even to our last breath because He has made beautiful this existence through the sacrifice of His Son. And this is if we have our house built on the rock. Let us honor God with our lives and not only be good listeners and hearers of the Word, but love Jesus by being doers of the Word and acting out of the faith that was placed into us, that was worked into us. Let's work that out for the glory of God. Let us have our house built on the rock. Amen? Let's pray. God, we love you. We love you so much, Lord. Everything you've given and everything you've taken away, God, blessed and glory be to your name. Help our church, Lord. Help us, to be, uh, help us to be doers, hearers and doers of the word. Help us to hear with faith, to believe in you, God. Help us to live out the promise of God in our lives. Help us to live out the truth of God, to walk rightly with you, God. God, please guide our path, our steps, Lord. Please help us, Lord, to put one foot in front of the other. Please help us, Lord, to see the path that you've laid out before us, that we would work out that salvation that's been worked into us. Help us, God, to share the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord. This is the one thing that this world needs, God. Help our world, Lord. Help our country. Lord, please help our nation. Lord, please help our president and, and the administration. Lord, please, please help us not to be a country divided, Lord, but united on the rock. God, help us, help us to share this life-saving message with everyone who would hear. Help us, oh God, we need you so desperately, Lord, here in America. We need you so desperately, Lord, but, but Lord, we need you everywhere in this world, God. There are men and women and children giving their lives for you, Lord, every day. They're being killed because they believe in you, God. And we pray, Lord, that they would be steadfast. And we pray that if that comes here, Lord, that we would be steadfast. We pray that our house would be built on you, Lord, on the rock of salvation. And that we would stand the test of time and the storm of life. God, help us to put away all filthiness and all wickedness. 
Lord, help us by pouring your spirit and grace out onto us. Help us, Lord, by being merciful to us, Lord, and helping us to see where we've gone wrong. Help us, Lord. We need you so desperately, Lord, and we praise you, God, for this help. In Jesus' name, amen.